Yeah, well, let's, before we get into this pick, um, let's talk about the foundation of your single barrel program. Like, sure. Yeah, where, when did it start? What's, uh, what was it like over COVID as it grew? And then where's it going now? It really took off over COVID, um, like most single barrel programs did. Uh, we are selling hundreds of single barrels a year. And it's, it, again, it's starting to, it's not starting to plateau, but we're not seeing numbers like we did in 2020 and 21. Uh, and basically it's, we have any assortment of mash bills available. Um, we're getting away from our weeded bourbon. We're leading really heavy into our wheat whiskey, which is uh, one of my f- favorite categories as well as Greg Metz in that it's 95% wheat, 5% malted barley. So take that famous 95.5 mash bill and just use wheat instead of rye, which Greg became I famous where for. where he got that. Yeah. Right. Um, and to me, it's, it's a really cool segue from it's light it's delicate mm-hmm. uh it's it's an interesting mash bill to uh to throw yourself into because it's not really represented to the american consumer i think heaven hills bernheim mm-hmm. is like the other big one that's out there and that's still really hard to find too mm-hmm. it, you probably be have an easier time finding our wheat whiskey as opposed to bernheim at this point mm-hmm. so we're leaning into that whether it's six years old um up to nine or ten years old this year as well just to let our weeded bourbon stocks just catch up. Are those um, aging in virgin casks? Yes. And if you like uh, this, this pick that we've got right here is from a cigar store in Missouri. That is a five-year uh, rye finished in uh, rum casks at 101 proof. So that it actually is barrel proof, which is surprising for what it is. Um, and this is actually something that because it was so popular and so well received that this is actually going to be launched as an LTO uh, at the start of 2023. We're going to have this, obviously not this single barrel, but this expression available wow, cool. uh, nationwide. So, huh. yeah. Was that the only single barrel you did of this one, of this expression? Um, they These guys actually came to the distillery. And okay. if you come to our facility in Fort Collins, if you see something or are interested in trying something, we'll get on the forklift and pull the barrel down, yeah. um, drill a hole in it, let you try it. And if you like it, you can buy it. Uh, it's a little bit different. Was this in the rum barrels then when they tried it? Uh, yes. How long was it in the rum cast for? Uh, five or six months. Okay. So your yeah. standard finish. Sorry, three months. Okay. I'll say it's not heavily, you know, sometimes when you do a three month finish, it can induce the flavor of the barrel and overtake the actual whiskey that was distilled and matured in that previous cask and almost, I don't want to say shocked flavor into the whiskey, but overwhelmed flavor. Um, right. Right. That, I was, I was actually nervous about that. Um, I had some a different rum finish rye that we had uh, have at our uh, facility in Fort Collins. I had it uh, when I, my first week on the job at barrel proof, and it was pretty high barrel proof. Uh, I want to say like 115, 116, and it was stunning. I mean, the sweetness of the rum, the extra proof, the spice of the rye really came together. Uh, shout out to Mel, um, who's in charge of our blending in uh, Fort Collins. She's a rock star. To see something like that, especially with other rum finished ryes out there, um, this is a bit different. <laughs> it's Lola acting up again. Started digging a hole in the carpet. Oh no! Yeah. Well, good thing we'll have to replace the carpet someday because, yeah, <laughs> dogs. Uh, for for us, it's a, it's about finding balance. Um, we do have different cask finishes available at the distillery. 
Um, if anybody wants to come out to Fort Collins, it's super easy to get to relatively. It's just we're not surrounded by a million other distilleries, so we don't really have the travel destination that, say, Kentucky will or yeah. things like that. But I mean, it's a very beautiful area of the country, so yeah, there's other a, things to do. It's a good way to spend some time. Yeah. It really is. How far are you guys from Estes Park? Uh, we're about equidistance from Estes Park as we are uh, Denver. I'll say like 45 minutes. Okay, that's what I thought. Cause Pretty it's, close. Because you go towards North Col- uh, Fort Collins. To get it's to Estes directly Park. north yeah, of Denver. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. And we're just, Estes Park is pretty much due east or due west. Gotcha. Every time I'm driving up there for work to Estes, I do. You were just out there, weren't you? Uh, Yeah, a couple of months ago. I was in Estes okay. Park. I was there twice in like a short amount of time. We sold some single barrels and yep. uh, did some other fun stuff there. And I was like, any excuse to go back there? Sure, I can definitely do that. Um, yeah. Can end my day by going for a sunset hike and then <laughs> going out to some cool bars and restaurants and different yeah. accounts. Like, yeah, sure. Um, count me in. Yeah, my, uh, Susan and I will be out there. Uh, Friday is our company holiday party. Oh, cool. So we have a tasting room in Fort Collins proper, and we, we're spending the rest of the weekend out there because it's like, you know what? We really haven't had a weekend away from everything since right. 2019. Yeah. So it's only two days, but it's just like, yeah, let's go hike in the mountains. You can make a lot out of that two days. So. You sure can. Well, So what was the numbers of the single barrel program taking off? Was it in the hundreds over COVID that they sold single barrels of? Um, almost a thousand. Uh, this this year we're going to hit almost a thousand. Your thousand sales of single barrels? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's a lot. How? Uh, All 53 gallons? A lot of work. It's a lot of work. Sorry, I should say about 700. I think we're at about 700. No, I, I remember right Ross saying some number like that. And I'm like, did he say that right? I'm like. It's a crazy amount. Um, a lot of that is coming from uh, where the lion's share of, of our business. Uh, and a lot of this is because the last couple of years is off premise. Um, it's just mm. we don't really have a $30 bottle. You know, even mm-hmm. our entry level bourbon is going to sit on the shelf for 50 54 55 depending on where you shop so our our barrier to entry at that 50 dollars price point it has been preventative to get us on like cocktail menu stuff like that but right. that's not what we're trying to do um we're it's trying to get into approach. bars yeah yeah uh, i know um garrett's been good to us uh never heard of him <laughs> um there are some other uh it, it, a couple other places down by us and a couple places in the city that have been really good. I mean, Gene from Warehouse, he did five barrels with us this year. Seriously? Yeah. Jesus. Um, and it's just because, like, we're gonna... we're extremely transparent about what we do, which huh. to me is very important. Yeah. Um, on top of just, it's Greg Metz. Yeah. <laughs> like. Legend. Yeah. He, when he's, when he started working for us, um. To me, it, I mean, after 38 years at MGP, mm. uh, to be able to, I don't want to say start fresh because you can't. I mean, there's no re- there's no return to innocence, but mm. as a master of his craft and what he has done, to be able to inject his creativity into mash bills he wants to do, um, yeast strains he wants to do, and things like that, and even working at different distilleries to contract distill, which we do, um, is, to me, it's just to see somebody who's obviously built a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Indiana Rye is its own designated category at this point, not only to, because of Greg, but because of his efforts, right. for sure. And to like be a part of that team um, and to work with the people that I work with, obviously, is a huge part of it. 
and to just be like, cool, you want to try this? Yeah. Here, here's a single barrel. Come out to Fort Collins. You like that barrel? You like it? Well, here you go. It's yours. Well, when you have a name like Greg <clears throat> behind the bottle and designing everything inside of the bottle too, what responsibility do you feel to sell it then when you're working with the le- living legend? <laughs> um Sorry one, to one sorry to our, apply any pressure. If you no, 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 that. not at all. Uh, one of, one of my favorite things about exploring the brand before I was even working with them um, was I think I saw it in some some online article or something that they did that was like uh, quiet on purpose. Um, and for me, as as somebody who's obviously not been in it as long as Greg or any of my heroes have been involved in this, but to have that like quietly quiet on purpose sort of thing it's like not to not contribute to the noise and the hype Mm -hmm. and to just be like have that intention of what you're doing Mm. and being okay with that it's almost a confidence sort of thing no i agree no i know exactly what you mean that's why i was a little hesitant to try this rum barrel the other day because like (laughs) why no 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 no, no, wrong no no because i i i obviously i was hesitant to try it too you the caliber of excellence, somebody like that who's your master distiller, um, yep. a reputation that's been built around this brand in a very short amount of time. Yep. Uh, I like what you said about that with uh, the quiet intent of growing this brand. But I've we've, we've, we've had this conversation a lot. Why finish whiskey? What's the fucking point of it? If you don't have a point, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have anything sure. to actually uh, a purpose – then why do it? And I was like, well, why are they putting it in rum, well, rum barrels? Because it's gone so wrong for so many other companies. Well, why? Oh, why? I, by the way, I, I like this whiskey too. <laughs> um, Someone I, stole I, my glass of it the other I day. I bought a couple barrel, a couple bottles of it. Um, we did a big Missouri Blitz for the end of the year a couple weeks ago, and I bought a couple bottles of this for my house. And that's not something I do very often is right. buy a couple of a single barrel of something. But we had it at this cigar store. That has done uh, three barrels with us this year. And after a long day of hitting the road, being on the road, and, yeah. and meeting a bunch of strangers and saying the same thing over and over again, like I, I just had that 100-yard stare, and I just wanted to to sit and not think about it and mm. just enjoy something beautiful, and that's where this came in. Mm. I'm like, yeah, so I'm taking two of these. And Andrew at the Cigar Stub um, – I was like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, it is good. Objectively speaking, it's good. No. Um, no I like it because the, the rye shines through. And to your it, – it's it's to me, it's an exercise in self-restraint because there are some rye uh, – some rum-finished ryes out there where the rum can dominate or there's somewhere it's just not pronounced enough. And it, it's yeah. finding that to, – to go to your point about why barrel finish, it's like, well, why crosshatch when making a drawing that you can just contour? Yeah. And to me, it adds a little bit of depth if done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout out to Mel for for this as well uh, in our Fort Collins facility. Um, and it's just it adds depth. It's it's you can either complement or supplement or something like that. It's kind of like food pairing, you mm-hmm. know. It's like do yeah. you contrast or do you complement and kind of go from there. And I mean, not lose yourself in it because at a certain point, you're going to start turning people onto what you're finishing with as opposed to the base spirit itself mm. too. You know, it, it's kind of like flavored rum when that was, that was a thing when I was coming up, it's like, well, you're not turning people onto rum. You're turning people onto flavors. Yeah. Same thing. And I wonder too, if someone like Greg is obviously he's developing new mash bills and he's taking mm-hmm. the identity of what he built over almost four decades at mm-hmm. MGP and now applying it to old elk. And you're like, 
is it something within him to try new experiments about evolving, you know, taking what you've done in the past, but then trying new things, but not oversaturating that sure. product at the same time. And I think that's what comes out about this. It's like an elegant dose of, of the rum taste. I, I actually am not a fan of rum flavored of rum finished whiskeys. I've had so many poor ones that I just don't, it's just, it, I think it's psychosomatic before I even taste it. I have an idea of what's oh, gonna, sure. what, yeah. it's, what it's going to be in my head before it actually gets to my lips. Sure. But there's two that I've had probably last year that I'm like, oh, cool. Which this, ones? Um, this one being the second one. And I cannot remember what the other one was that I remember tasting it and I was like, oh, this is actually really I'm not thinking seagrass. I mean, there's rum barrels involved with that, but um, it was something. Else. It was something other than seagrass. But I, I can't remember what, it, what what brand it was. I remember having another whiskey this year that was in a rum barrel and being like, "Oh, this is actually good because they got the delicate delicate notes of rum in there, not the overwhelming notes of rum in the cask." Right. So, right. Yeah. It's. I mean, you look at. To me, the like one of the f- more fun things about. Old Elk, and, and something that took took me a minute to get my mind around was our annual releases being the Four Grain, um, the Double Wheat, and our Infinity Blend. Mm-hmm. All three of our most expensive SKUs every year are blends. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that showed um, that shows that, for one, it, it's, again, you're just painting with a bunch of different colors. And to find, like, you look at, like, our Infinity Blend, which is a blend of our... Um, two of our base whiskeys on top of two Kentucky bourbons. Is it done more of like a that's Solera what, system? It's That's basically what it comes down to. That's what to. I thought, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, where our double wheat is more or less a three-to-one blend of our wheat whiskey to our wheated bourbon. Okay. And so like to have that, and we put everything right on the side of the bottle. We're, again, super transparent right. that's what I love that about the, Yeah, I love about the brand, too. When you're standing behind a table, you can't really hold everybody's hand through through what every whiskey is. But to have like those light bulb moments, I'm like, okay, cool. So our LTOs, uh, limited time offering SKUs that we do every year, are blends, as opposed to an age stated whiskey or anything like that, yeah. which is kind of different to think about. But it's it's part of that broader conversation of, okay, uh, for me, and I haven't really spoken to Greg directly about this, but I'm looking forward to uh, later this week to be like. What's your what's your thinking behind this? Are you trying to stretch people's imagination a little bit? Are you trying to open a broader conversation? Yeah. Maybe I should come with you and record the conversation. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, we will have Greg in town in March. Oh, It'd be cool to sit it. down yeah, with yeah. him. Um, Not in here though, but somewhere else. <laughs> we'll have it at uh, maybe uh, maybe at one of our neighborhood bars. Yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm sure we could find any assortment of bars around here to do it at. What would be one of your accounts to do that at around here? I'm sure we could talk to Delilah's, um, what the Green it. Post. Never heard um, of it. Those guys are just opening up. So, um, whatever well, we want. The Green Post would be, I mean, we did establish our COVID roots at Fountainhead. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see those guys come back. It's fucking the best, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a cool room, too. It is. It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. <laughs> I love when uh, British people are in there and they're like, fuck yeah. Like that's when you yeah. know, top notch right there. Um, no, uh, if you, no, if you no. are in Chicago or if you are visiting Chicago, Green Post. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you know about Fountainhead because we recorded there all during COVID summer of 2020, and we just talked about it a lot because they're good friends of ours. They shut their doors in November of 2020, and now they've reopened um, a similar concept to, to Fountainhead, but now call it Green Post. 
up in the Ravenswood, Lincoln Square neighborhood of Chicago. Um, it's just a, it has the actual back bar of Fountainhead and yes. all the yes. whiskey selection. Yes. Along with being a coffee shop in the morning and then flip, switching over into a bar in the afternoon. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, they wanted to have like kind of that public house yeah. feel to it where sure. it's not just open at four until whenever. And it's, it's a place where you can hang out. I know they've been all over the World Cup matches. Um, and just it, it's I, I trust those guys. Yeah, definitely. And they will have a bottle shop eventually too, which is cool yes, to think the about. The whole market is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say where those bottles are being stored right now. Don't want to give anything away, <laughs> so nothing gets stolen, and they can come back to me. But yeah, uh, Ambrosia, who runs it, um, along with John and Nate, um, all those people are doing a great job. And Ambrosia will be on the Twelve Days of Barrel Picks with her Tattersall Barrel Aged Gin. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Brody on that. Yeah. So it's uh, it'll be fun too. Be, I think the only non whiskey we'll be doing on. The 12 days of barrel picks this year. Broey, and I won't speak for you, Jake, obviously, but like I I love if I get something new into the market um, or if I try something and it doesn't even have to be my brand, but like I like being like, hey, Broey, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. Like I'd love your feedback. Yeah. And and like she's a gifted super taster for sure. Incredibly smart. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but no, it's interesting to see what Old Elk is doing with all of this experimental uh, cast yep. and mash bills. I, it's I, a lot to keep track of. I'm sure. I was going to ask you, like, <laughs> how's it been going into transitioning to uh, becoming a voice of the distillery? Uh, it's it's a lot of spreadsheets. Um, it's a lot of spreadsheets. Um, it's This is where my biggest learning challenges have come through uh we go through several distribution partner uh, dis- distributing partners in my territory so between southern glaciers uh frank and badger and stuff like that um just being present um that sort of thing because it's you know how it is <laughs> in big distribution houses it, it like small brands it's all about occupying consciousness and and occupying their thoughts. Yep. And even if it's just a call once a week to <laughs> whoever your brand manager is in whatever territory, just pick. Like, what do you need? What's going on? Yeah. Or having those challenging conversations like, hey, we're falling a little bit short this year. Yep. What do I got to do? Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's it's a different challenge. Um, I love the face to face with consumers. I'll always enjoy that. To get away from the nightlife, though, is something that uh, I'm starting to relish. And I know Susan, yeah, um, yeah. with her role, has been relishing for a while now. So it's just like, not that I don't like the nightlife, but... It's tough. Yeah, it's it is tough. Also, now that you... I mean, you live in the suburbs and driving to the city... Driving around the city is already more difficult enough. I know for me, it's been challenging this Yeah, you year. got no sympathy out of me on Saturday when you said, I have to drive an hour back into the city. It's hour like, 20. I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm like, that's by every day. As soon as I had to, I'm like, he does this every fucking day. Um, I do it once a week. Twi- uh, the, twice it, twice that week, but But yeah. it's a good time for phone calls. I mean... True. Like, yeah. nowadays, we can, I, I actually schedule phone calls around my time in the car. Yeah. Because it's just... Some days, too. Yeah. yeah it's all about time management. Yeah, I, I just hate, though, I don't like having a more than two drinks within two hours and then driving and all that stuff. It's sure. It's, I mean, I take that in the consciousness a lot, which obviously everybody should do, but yeah. we're in a unique position where our job is to have a drink or two, and the easiest way to get around is a car. Like, I'm carless right now, um, and 
public transportation like is not the way to get around the city for a job like you can get the four counts maybe like, <laughs> i used to do uh when i first started brand work a couple years ago um i i would do uh brown line bar crawls mm-hmm. that i would just i would have the routes i mean kind of yep. like our 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 people do like you have a route that you run every day be like cool today's my brown line run yep uh, tomorrow I'm doing red because um, yep. we were a one car family for a very long time. Yeah, it's like okay, uh, Susan's got the car today. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a public public trans route. And I, I hate fucking sitting in Ubers and lifts at like five thirty at it night. Gets, oh, and it's like it's thirty five, and it is like you feel like a, like I, don't know, I, couldn't, I couldn't even get a lift from River North back to Lakeview. Yeah. Which, which is basically saying like downtown to Ripley Field if you're not from Chicago, yeah. like three miles and. It's a Thursday night at like eight o'clock. There's a shortage of cars, I, I guess, still, and it's like twenty five dollars to go three and a half miles. But guess what? I'm not getting on the train at ten thirty at night in Chicago anymore. Well, like, and, the, and that's where it comes. Yeah. That's where the drinking part of or being in and around alcohol are uh, part of our jobs comes in. Is that like, man, if you're not on the road by four o'clock, yeah. you may as well wait till six. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause like, I mean, rush hour is kind of ballooned over the last couple of years because there is no really nine to five working right. contingency right. anymore. But it's like, man, I could either sit in traffic for an hour and a half mm-hmm. to two hours, mm-hmm. or I could wait here for an hour yep. and sit in traffic for an hour, or I could wait till six o'clock and be home like that. Yep. And it's, I mean, not to say Chicago hasn't had its love-hate relationship with happy hour anyway, <laughs> but um, which just became legal again, what, in like 2017, 2016, yeah, something like, something that, like yeah. that? And it's it's finding that balance. And no one really still takes advantage of it. Or it's not like advertise, I guess, the way you'd see it in other cities. Um, I mean, how it used to be, I mean, granted, happy hour changed, but how it used to be was if you advertised a special in an on-premise consumption, it had to run all day. Yeah. And when and it had the food too, right? Or something. Food was the same way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then Happy Hour changed that again because Happy Hour during the eighties and nineties, you know, you get Joe Blow coming in ripping lines off of, you know, the stock exchange and then you come in and level out with a couple of Manhattans and DUIs went through the roof. Like right. it was very bad. It was right. very, very bad. And it's not just Chicago specific. It's most cities. Yeah, I think people are surprised too to hear that like, Chicago is a driving city. It's a very driving city. Uh especially the last couple of years. We've yeah. seen a huge I mean, both my wife and Susan and I are in that conversation of like Okay, well, yeah, I could jump on the metro, but am I going to yeah. take a take drive to the metro, park there, pay for parking, right? Get to the metro. It's going to take just as long on a train as it will in the car, more often than not. Yeah. To then take public transportation to go to maybe a handful of it, it becomes a logistical challenge. Right. It's it's always it's weird. Like I'm not, I don't think we're complaining. It's just No, we're totally not complaining. It's a narrative on the decentralization that we've seen the last couple of years mm-hmm. of people working at home or and also, flexible hours within an office and yeah. home things like that. Right. And so many bars and restaurants they used to have like one day designated to reps in the afternoon to come in, taste product, talk about cocktails. Oh, yeah. That like, I, that's gone. <laughs> I mean, it's like a quarter now of bars and restaurants have that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And honestly, there's kind of like come in early service and talk to me then when we're not busy. And so like you're talking about like you're going out at four thirty five five six o'clock at night to like start doing some of your meetings um, for the day. Sure, that's yeah, weird. And a lot of us too, like for a couple years we were checking in on each other yeah a lot for a couple years and now that it's back to work 
I found it hard. I found it harder to know where anybody is right now. Yeah. Cause like, we're all like, we thought we were all seeds in the wind before. And now it's just like, okay, so who's doing what now? I mean, mm-hmm. there's still old people holding down the reins. Like, like they always do. Um, but the, like, especially like brand rep side, like the brand yeah. game is wide open still. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fluidity to it. Um, but I'm speaking s- of that, if you're, if, <laughs> if you're a distillery that's hiring, um, Matt Brown is available for hire. Matt Brown. He's a free agent, so never heard of him. Never heard of him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, our good friend. If you're if a distillery is out there looking for a good sales rep, um, let us know. Or I, hit, Matt Brown. He or did, hit up the official Matt Brown fan club on Instagram. What? God, what he did like an old fashioned video, like on social media. I don't know if it was a reel or whatever. Like right when the pandemic hit, it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen because it was just Matt Brown doing Matt Brown. Very flipping off the cuff. Be like, I don't know. I'll hold back any stories. I do want to get higher by somebody. So. <laughs> uh, shout out to Matt Brown. Yeah, he's uh, the best. Liverpool for sure. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> I was wearing an Everton jacket earlier today. I know I, I have t- been I looking at that Everton towel. I'm not sure uh, I bar t- towel, which is excellent, by the way. Uh, um, Callum's dad gave me that. Get out of here. Yeah. What, what's what was uh, the the Callum's team? What, what was mean? the other? Um, Oxford. The, Oxford uh, yeah, United, I have, right? I have a jersey and a jacket. Okay, they're, cool. I'm gonna. They're technically sponsors of this podcast. Really? Yeah, they gave us jerseys, so they prove it. Yeah, to technically, I don't know where they are. Uh, not down here. <laughs> I got an Everton program from the '70s, I believe. Cool. Very cool. Picked up in Northern Ireland, actually. <laughs> from Northern Ireland. Yeah, in Northern Ireland, I found that oh, like I, an exhibition match sort of thing. No, no, no. That was I found the. Um, oh, you found the, the program, program in Northern in, like, Ireland, like a vintage shop in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. I bought like uh, I bought a bunch of my uh, at every team possible. My favorite place in the world, favorite place in the world to visit has been Northern Ireland really? so far. Oh yeah, huh? Uh, Belfast for the murals alone. Hmm. Uh, very very uh, formative travel experience. Yeah, yeah. And sitting at a whiskey bar in Belfast, uh, Susan and I were sitting there, we're just decompressing. Yeah. And this old this old gray beard is sitting next to us. With it, I'm not gonna do an Irish accent because I wouldn't do it any service, but he hears us talking and he's like, Hey, you guys aren't from around here. Are you like, no, no, no. We just got into town. Uh, we came in, um, came in from Chicago via Dublin and this was 2018. Okay. Um, and he's like, Oh, Chicago. I've heard that's rough. Huh? Yeah. This guy who looks like Santa Claus, Irish Santa Claus. All right, all right. Um, and I look at him like with all due respect to her, have you, have you, have you been in Northern Ireland your whole life? Oh, yeah. Born and raised in Belfast. Okay. Like, really? And so in my mind, I'm like, this guy has seen right, cars yeah, yeah, randomly yeah, explode yeah, for right. no reason. Not for no reason, but just randomly explode. I'm like... Political and religious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and you think Chicago's... I mean, it is. That's what I was saying. I'm like, wow, you think Chicago's yeah. rough. I'm like, what do you guys think? Number, number two, is, tourist destination in America. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, right. That's, that's, so many, that's so many people, though. I mean, I'll meet people from, you know... My wife's side of the family or my side of the family that have been to Chicago and forever, maybe right. never have been. They're like, oh, Chicago, like, is it dangerous by you? And I'm like, I mean, it's a big city. There's been six abductions in my neighborhood in a week. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's not, all relative. Not to discount that. It's and, still and the number two tourist destination in America. Chicago is. Yeah, it was voted number two by uh, Time Out or one of those big article chains. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so. it's a good place to visit. Just don't wander around drunk with your headphones in. You'll, you'll probably right. be okay. And like, if you're if you're a tourist, you're not going to be in any dangerous neighborhoods. 
And if you are, you're an idiot. Probably not. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess if one done the Pilsen and went the wrong direction, I guess you could follow fall away somewhere. But um, or if you're in Uptown for some reason, like going to Green Mill and start walking around the wrong direction. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> we lived there for a long time. Me too. And it wasn't uh, not for nothing. Like we loved living up there. But I mean, Logan, even Logan Square back yeah. in the day it's, was like. Yeah. You had those old, um, God, what was it, like when taggers became really popular uh-huh. in the hipster community mm. and Logan Square. I mean, this was probably 15 years ago. And the, the hipsters kind of tried to uh, yeah. move into that area and started tagging things. <laughs> and like a couple of them got killed because it was like this. they were in gang territory, didn't know how to read tags and understand that like, no, you can't, just, things, you can't just spray paint things. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Such cool kids. Uh, it's it was a weird time. It was, and it wasn't a big part of Logan Square. But it's like, man, I mean, like like the class said, get to know your town just like I know mine, and and you'll be fine. And get out there and meet people. Well said. Should we go drink some whiskey somewhere else? Yes. All right. Let's, let's get it. out of your basement. Uh, yeah, it's creepy. Um, <laughs> Eric, thanks for coming. Congratulations on the new job once Thank again. Uh, I'm sure you're doing a mighty good job out there. Wait, I know you are. From people I've heard talk about you and the brand, it's very well respected, and so are you. So Thank I you. only hope uh, great things in 2023, which is weird to say. I I know. it's Where did this year go? It's really, really weird to start a new job during OND as well. I bet. <laughs> That's October, November, December, and that might be a subject of a different podcast. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on another episode here probably tomorrow. There you go. All Cheers. Cheers, everyone.